Welcome back, you guys. Um, we have another awesome... Ooh, I sound like I just woke up. And that's because I did. Because I am not feeling well today. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Um, we have another podcast episode for you in the form of a live stream that I did with my friends Manly and Stephanie, who you may remember from last week. We are continuing our discussion of religion and how it uh, is affecting or creating an environment for us and our peers and how we relate to it and how people move through the world um, questioning or knowing that they may not believe everything that they believed when they were younger or when they were growing up or in the household that they were in. So hopefully you enjoy it um, and hopefully I don't sound so groggy next time but (laughs) it is what it is. So uh, if you enjoy this audio version and you want to come hang out with us we are doing these live streams for the next several weeks on youtube and facebook uh, at 7 p.m central time on tuesday evenings so come hang out with us and chat and give us your thoughts and reactions live all right enjoy the episode oh here we are (laughs) I guess the, the, I didn't set the countdown to loop, but welcome everybody. Uh, We are going to go ahead and start. Hopefully Manly will be here soon, but if he's not, that's okay, because Stephanie and I both have a lot of thoughts. Um, So if you didn't catch us last week and you don't know what this here thing is all about, basically I wanted a chance to resurrect my old podcast um, which I stopped doing about four years ago, um, and I just wanted to talk with some of my peers about what they're seeing about, uh, with religion and society today, and how many of us, despite the fact that often we don't talk about it very publicly, or even to each other, um, have turbulent thoughts, questioning thoughts, unsure thoughts about the belief systems that we've grown up in, um, And I just wanted a place where we could talk about it openly and be able to uh, reckon with things on a, like, real and genuine basis. So that's what we're doing here. We're going to go for a a handful of weeks. This is week two. I'm planning to do six, and then we'll see where we're at at that point. If people are tired, if they have more thoughts, um, we'll see how it goes. But I wanted to just give a shout out to everybody who was here last week. I really appreciate interaction and then also people just listening after the fact i was like man i haven't i haven't uploaded anything to my podcast feed in like four years i'm sure nobody's gonna listen but actually a bunch of people downloaded it so i'm glad hopefully it gave you something worthwhile (laughs) to think about and to listen to um yes so stephanie how are you i'm doing well thanks how are you sweet good um there's manly let me just uh before i bring him in let me just give him a warning uh, um cool so uh let me check we also have comments too from some people in the chat already uh, and to all of the people listening in the chat um in the uh, it, whether you're listening on youtube or on on Facebook. Feel free to put your comments in the chat, questions, thoughts as we talk. Uh, We want this to be engaging and um, for everybody and more like a discussion rather than us just talking at you. So feel free to do that and uh, also let us know if you have things you want us to talk about in future, the coming weeks. 
Um, sweet. How are you, Manly? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I was just uh, giving the little sort of blaster recap here <laughs> um, nice. of what we're doing. So I guess I guess let's get started. I, I have some questions written down that we can talk about today, but we already have a couple comments here. So I just want to pull them up and, and see what people have to say so far. Um, Ramel says, the question for on the heading of this is, is religion hurting society? Ramel says, yes and no. Religion is a tool. It's supposed to be a tool that is used to bring us closer to God or gods, etc., depending on what religion you follow. However, it is often used as a tool for less than ideal things, such as discriminating against minority groups or as an excuse for greed, prosperity, gospel. So I really think society uses religion to hurt itself, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to me. I see that definitely. I see that play out in a lot of people that I know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely think uh, people can use it in all sorts of ways. And sometimes it's not based on what they're learning. It's more so what desperate need they have in themselves that needs to be fulfilled. Because it takes a lot of like, I don't know, um, humility to kind of like accept something that might not feel like it will work for their immediate needs at first. So I think that's like a hard thing for people to persevere with if they're going through hard things and they don't feel like immediate uh, relief, I guess. So they can use it in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think religion can it, like a uh, pure flip. What's this dude's name? I think he said Romel. something different than pure flip. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, married to my cousin. So I know his real name. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So Ramel, I, uh, I agree with you. I think oftentimes religion is used, um, as a tool, um, I think it could be used as a tool for good or bad. Um, I think, in my opinion, in general, I think people that are using religion are trying to use it for positive things, I think. But I think that because of human nature and the issues that come with being a human, I think oftentimes it ends up being used as a tool for discrimination and a lot of the other things you're talking about, which really sucks. I don't think it should be that way, but... I think yeah. it does happen a lot, which is yeah, the best of intentions, right? And then I, I do think, unfortunately, sometimes there are nefarious intentions, i.e., the Inquisition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so Carlton, I don't know Carlton, but hi, I am glad you're here. Uh, Carlton says, "25 years as an evangelical Christian and 35 years as an atheist. It's always an interesting journey." Yeah, for sure. So I guess the, uh, just based on the chronology of this text, I guess you were a Christian and have been an atheist for the last 35 years. So that's interesting. I would uh, love to hear more about your journey in the comments here. Let's see. Johan, Johan, I don't know how to say that. Welcome. Um, I think maybe these are out of order. We do have to understand that religion can be my religion instead of about Jesus, and that can be confusing. However, church should be teaching us all with Jesus as the role model about values and morality, including understanding bias and what we can do better. Yeah, that's an interesting point that I have also seen is like, no matter what belief system you subscribe to or even what doctrines are laid out literally everybody has their own interpretation of it and so it can be really hard to come to like a consensus or a standard uh, common ground even within like a prescribed organized religion there's 
all kinds of discussions, uh, like rifts, infighting, like argumentation about what things mean, what religion should actually be, what scripture means. Like people are always arguing about that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. I think that we're caught up on comments for now. Um, thank you guys for joining the discussion. Keep keep uh, commenting if you have thoughts as we go along the way. But I just wanted to dive into a couple of questions that I had here. Um, what what do you guys? What are you guys seeing as the actual results of religion? And for me, I tend to speak of things in very like abstract and theoretical ways, and I sort of dehumanize the story. But I do want to hear like actual stories, like your own story. I know we each shared a little bit last week, but if you want to share more about your personal journey, that would be cool. Or people that you know of in your own life, or people that you've met along the way, like. For, especially for those of us who grew up within Christianity or within a structured religion, what is the actual result on your life? I know the purported or the supposed or the intended result is like you live a better life, you're happier, you get better outcomes, etc. But is that actually true in what you've observed in yourself and other people? Oh. I don't want to take over if you want to start. <laughs> yeah, I can start. Um... I'll say I think I'm pretty confident that in general religion um, or the the Christian religion that I grew up part of, I think it's benefited my life overall. Um, and I think in general, I've seen it benefit the lives of the people that I grew up with in general. Um, obviously, I think there have been some ups and downs, and I think there are certain areas where uh, people do get hurt and then issues happen, um, which is bad. Um, I will say, I think it's the minority that like, like if I, if I cut, kept track of all my friends I grew up with that were part of the Christian religion and, uh, looked at how many of them ended up, uh, having, I would say a negative experience and negative response to it. I think, um, it would be the minority, but that doesn't mean that we need to ignore that. It still sucks that it happened. So we need to figure out ways to resolve that because, if the goal of Christian or religion in general, but especially the Christian religion, since that's what I'm part of, the goal of it is to make the world a better place and help people, then I think that we should be focused on all people, not just a, a specific group that really fit the mold that um, we've um, created for ourselves that I don't even know if Jesus would necessarily agree with. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, I want to give you a chance to chime in, but I just wanted to ask this question. Do you think that, have you observed, Manly, that in those cases when it is a sort of negative result or or somebody gets hurt or something bad happens or somebody feels burned, in my opinion or in my observation, a lot of times it's like not swept under the rug or like people aren't willing to admit that that has happened. Have yep. you witnessed that or noticed it? Oh, yeah. No, I think that's the biggest problem. Um, ironically, the idea of Christianity is that you're supposed to be like a humble person, but I think that's kind of the opposite of what ends up happening. What ends up happening, like the point of Christianity, I like if, if we talked about the point of it, I think a lot of people would say it's to be like morally upstanding, like I need to be better than the rest of the world type of thing. And when that is the goal of a specific organization, um, unironically, you're going to have people that are probably not going to want to admit when they're not being morally upstanding or when they do something 
or hurt someone or do something that Jesus wouldn't do because admitting that means you could, <laughs> it means you like bad things. It's just the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. I mean, sin is the enemy and you're not supposed to do it. So, um, and hell could be the result, obviously. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> when hell is the result, let's try to avoid it. Even though ironically, God, God is real. God probably knows you did it, which is funny. So but yeah. people just want to avoid embarrassment. So yeah, that is true. It is very hard to actually truly be a humble person and be like, okay, yes, this happened. I was maybe a part of it. And like, to try to make restitution for that kind of stuff most of the time it's just too difficult for people to actually admit yeah especially when especially when it's like the head like leadership like that's like man weird things happen when your goal is to be a good person like humans are imperfect so when your goal is to be good perfect people and leadership is supposed to be extra good perfect people um you got a real big issue when leadership does something bad like yeah and it shouldn't be that way, but I've like, I've seen churches literally like my, the church I grew up in, like they basically shut down at one point because like the pastor, someone found out the pastor was skimming money or something like that. Yeah. So, like, so often that happens so often, sadly. Yeah. So like when, and that, when that's discovered, like, um, unfortunately, um, the people also respond in kind. They're like, well, I've been going to a church where the pastor has been my leadership and he's basically my prophet of the modern age. And he was stealing my money and using it for buying something weird or something like that. Like, yeah, everyone's going to leave the church. So yeah. Um, yeah. People, I mean, when you have all that risk, um, people are trying to avoid admitting that they suck, Yeah. Uh, which is not how it should be. The point <laughs> of, I mean, the point of Christianity is supposed to be forgiveness and, <laughs> like the opposite of that it's supposed to be like oh you made a mistake no problem let's get over it and like be better and there you go but instead it's like yeah let's shit like the world's gonna fall apart now it's yeah it's true because a lot of times people actually don't get better you know right um they aren't willing to change their behavior okay stephanie go for it we've been just on a roll here no worries yeah so I guess like with my experience with it and not to say, I don't think this is like the natural progression of how Christians are because I think it's a combination of my personality as well as Christianity. Uh, but I mean, it was great for me at first, uh, like growing up, like through grade school, I was extremely happy. It gave me a lot of hope. It just felt like I just thought I could help people solve all their problems with this truth and it's like oh if they could only see this they would feel so much more peace and feel so happy and I had a lot of purpose and it helped me develop a lot with like leadership and stuff like that I was volunteering and doing good things so it was like it felt really good and I just felt proud of myself and I think that's where it got like sticky because you're not supposed to really have feel pride it's supposed to be more about like oh, God's working through me. It's not me. And, but it was hard for me to like separate that, I guess. And I think, well, first of all, I started like kind of getting like phobias about uh, sin, I guess, or what culturally was uh, like, at least in my church considered the most sinful. So like sex and drinking and like just stuff where I'm just like, oh no, we're not supposed to do that kind of thing. And it started to get to the point where when I went to college, I didn't want to leave my apartment at all 
And so I stopped going to school. I stopped going to work. I was letting people down, wasting money, just like not going to class and stuff. And uh, I basically shut down without understanding like why, I guess. I was just like terrified of everyone because I felt like I was the only one trying to like uphold what we were trying to do. But then I was like, wow, if I feel this way and everyone's different, then it seems like religion isn't working for everyone else. Like it's working for me, but all these other people aren't getting it. And even like with friends and stuff like that. And I know I was very academic about it. So I wasn't shaken when, if like a pastor did something bad or like somebody in the community did something bad necessarily, it was like, okay, they're flawed. Like it's about God, like if that works. But then I started thinking, well, if God can't communicate to his people very well and this happens, then how is anybody supposed to get the healthy parts of it out? So I started to feel like it wasn't as effective as it appeared. Like, I don't know, because I knew I wasn't the only one who like had these phobic tendencies. And like, it's like you want to help people go through hard things, but you're also afraid of like their pain and afraid of like their coping mechanisms. So it was like a hard thing to balance, I guess. So, so the effect for you actually was because, because it was so um, important to you and you were so sincere about it, it became almost like, um, like constraining to you and that net effect was actually negative. Yeah, I agree. I kind of, it's like, I don't want to say this is actually a, a regret necessarily, but like, it kept me very safe and it helped me develop like lots of skills, but then I didn't really get to live or have fun or truly relate to a friend. I felt like I was always alone. I was always trying really hard for something that people couldn't understand and that I could never really connect with people. And I was always that person they were afraid that would judge them. Mm, So even if I didn't say it out loud, it's like, oh, well, I'm acting it, not telling you kind of thing, but they still feel it even if I don't say anything. Yeah, totally. I've seen that a lot too. So how did your life change then after you like were realized you needed to let all of that go? Um, well, I mean, at first it was very hard. I feel like I was mourning like somebody very important to me and everything just felt like empty at first, like nothing mattered, but I started to like take care of myself a little more. I was like, Oh, like maybe I should just take a shower or like, I don't know. And like, not worry about all this like existential stuff that I'm always worrying about. And so I started doing the small things and I was like, you know what? Life is kind of fun. Like I'm playing Minecraft now, or like I'm hanging out with friends and we're just, I don't know. Even if I talk about this stuff, it's like, I can relate to people's like being unsure, I guess it felt more human almost. It was like, I was finally able to like be human. Yeah. You became a person rather than just you know, like a follower. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I see, I have seen it play out several ways and I don't want to just like put people on blast and tell their stories, but I've definitely seen it play out where like on one hand, like you said, it felt like somebody you knew was dying or something really important to you was dying. And I know people within the church still who have sort of, um, 
come to a separation with some of the beliefs or some of the doctrines or like um, how it affects their personal life, but they're, but they can't quite let go of it because it is just too painful to let go of the culture, the community, the, the something that was extremely meaningful to you in your life that should have and did on many levels place a, a sort of deep um, fulfillment in your life. It's hard to let that go. Um, and, and then at the same time, on the other side of that, I've seen people who get so resentful and frustrated, you know, often rightly so, that they swing so far and they lose all sense of values, all sense of um, belief system, and then, then they wreck their lives in another way. That doesn't always happen, um, but I've seen it happen. And so I, I'm curious how you got to a place where you felt like you could step away but you didn't lose all, or did you lose all sense of like meaning and uh, maybe like value system? Yeah, I would say one thing that like, I guess was good with me is that I, um, how do I say this exactly? Like I wasn't necessarily, I never really felt like I was missing out on what other people were doing. I was so like prepared to be against it that I just didn't have like the neural connections for that. I don't even know how people switch like that, just like on and off. It's like, I still had my phobias and stuff that I had to deal with. So I was going to counseling and even to this day, I feel like I'm not as like much of me as I could be because I'm just like afraid to lose control. I'm so I need to be in such control of myself and everything needs to be so intentional and thought through ahead of time that I just, I don't even understand impulse, like just in general, like, <laughs> yeah. So. Do you think that's a uh, part of your personality too? I feel like I have a little bit of that in some ways. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why some people just like kind of go crazy after they lose their yeah. stuff. And for me, I, I was just like, okay, now I just can't move until I figure out something new. So I yeah. felt more paralyzed. Yeah. Well, the three of us know know each other from a personality group. And so um, just for those of you who don't know anything about it, like my personality type or the group of people that are similar to me, we all are notorious for like um, being exploratory, but not in actually doing things, you know, in ideas. And so a lot of the people in my sort of group, in the personality group, haven't done a lot of the actually whether they're religious or not haven't done a lot of like drugs and partying and all that stuff just because it's like that's not our area of exploration so maybe you're similar mm -hmm, for sure yeah. play last year so <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um manly if you have anything to say just jump in i'm gonna check out some of the other comments here um let's see there's a lot. Sorry, guys, I will come back and read them, but we probably won't go through all of them right here live on the stream. But Carlton says exactly what Stephanie said. It, I guess, religion brainwashes us to feel like being proud of our accomplishments is wrong. It isn't. Yeah, I th I've definitely seen that. Like, for example, when you're coming out of church and somebody's given a special music and you're like, oh, that was a great special music. Thank you for using your talents. And they're like, no, praise the Lord. It wasn't me. Like, I think that's what Carlton is talking about here. Um, it, and I think the end result of that, you know, by making your entire identity, like, as a vessel for God, which in some ways, for those of us, <clears throat> me, myself, who have a lot of ego and a lot of, like, sort of self that we need to let go of, 
it, there is a something to that of like, okay, let me let go of my accomplishments as self and attribute it to something that I can, something higher that I can put my energies towards. But then at the same time, I think for a lot of people, it, be, being a vessel in that way makes us lose our entire identity and we just become like a shell person who doesn't have anything meaningful to say or to think on our own we just become like hollow because everything is attributed to god and like faith in god and like everything is just passed off onto somebody else for responsibility let's see what else are you guys saying jokatama i think i guess that's how you say it religion often reaches us to fear uh, yeah, God teaches us to be free of fear. Yes, I also agree with this. Um, many, a lot of the time uh, I've seen, especially in Christianity, there's like this contra contradicting idea where God is grace, God is love, you can live without fear. Um, and then on the other hand, like you'll you're, you will burn in hell if you do the wrong thing, you know? And it's like this contradicting idea. And I think that the result is often that it makes people more fearful than they would be. And the goal is actually to be free of fear, you know, which is a kind of an ironic conundrum. What do you guys think? Have you, have you seen that happen? That's a really great point. I think uh, that it's honestly kind of a paradox that I haven't really resolved is that like, it's, if you believe that people are going to heaven or hell and that it's because of free will, it's like, well, you're going to be concerned about the people in your life. It's only natural. It's almost like you'd have to be, if you really believe this, you'd have to be a sociopath to just watch somebody free will themselves into hell. So <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah. well, if they just had the right tools, the right knowledge, the right health level, then they could make a fair choice or they could make a choice that would be healthy for them. And then it's also like we're supposed to evangelize, so at least in like role modelness. So it's like, okay, what can I do to prevent this from happening? But then it just, but that's fear too, just like caring about others like that and not trusting. It's like, sure, God's all powerful, but He's not using that power to keep people from hell. So yeah. that is stressful. Yeah. Okay. There's another good comment that I wanted to put up here it is often hard to have a real conversation in church when things go wrong we tend to just leave yes i agree with this too um as the, because okay here's how i see it because uh christianity especially we're talking mostly in the context of christianity because that's all of our backgrounds but obviously you could apply this however way you want it but what I've seen is like, <clears throat> because there is an ideal or an absolute truth or a standard of some kind that everybody is trying to live up to that nobody actually can live up to, it creates this huge chasm. Uh, and especially it creates because of what we were talking about earlier of human pride and like an unwillingness to admit when we're wrong or when we have faults. It creates this huge chasm between expectations and what people are actually like. So then when something goes wrong, it becomes like a huge blaming party of like, oh, you're supposed to be the pastor or you're supposed to be a Christian or you're supposed to love everybody and you didn't. And and then it makes people become resentful. And then, yeah, they do just leave. And I think that is unfortunate 
in both the fact that we haven't built enough trust to actually know each other and to understand that that's what happens with humans. And on top of that, what we teach is that you should reach a standard and there is no room for human hypocrisy or like human failings. And I think that's a really sad thing. Yeah, one thing I think too, like coming from the counseling world is that like when somebody goes through crisis, um, typically you want to respond with validation a lot more than challenging. And I think when people go to church, they immediately feel challenged. Like, what are you doing to show your faith? Where are your fruits and stuff? And it's just overwhelming to people who've just gone through stuff and they're just not in that place, just emotionally. So typically in counseling, it's like you spend the first few sessions just validating them and being like, your feelings are okay. It's okay to feel broken. It's okay that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing right now until they get to a point where they're ready to look towards something new or better. Yeah. And it, and it does create a huge sort of problem when you have people set up as like leaders, you know, and you don't have like um, mutual accountability, both with the leader and the, and the audience and vice versa. Because then if you're looking to someone to be the leader and they're the one who screws up, like who are, who is then going to be the person for them that's, <laughs> that listens or gives them the space to actually have you know, making a, taking a wrong step or a wrong turn. That's uh, a common hazard that I, that I see a lot. Okay, let's see what other questions we have here. Um, so do you think, uh, what do you think will happen to people who genuinely and without malice leave the church, who have valid complaints, valid reasons to leave, a lot within the church, within Christianity, the off the knee-jerk reaction is often, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You're gonna be lost, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna um lose whatever righteous existence you had, or you're gonna be somehow devalued in the sight of God. Um, do you agree with that? What do you see? What's your actual take on uh on people who end up leaving the church, but they do it because of some principled reason or idea. Yeah, I definitely fall into that category. At first I was upset with God, but now after like going to a Christian college and stuff, just to like get some educated perspective on it, I no longer have malice towards it. But I do think that if God is truly loving, he'll know that I always cared. It's like he gave me the brain I have and the information I had access to knowing exactly what would affect me. So it's just like, if God is loving, he wouldn't abandon me like that. And I just have to believe that if he's loving. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way to look at it. Um, because yeah, you're right. If, if we believe what Christianity says or in a God at all, and we believe that God created us for one, <laughs> put us in this situation for another um and then actually understands us then who are we i think manly was talking about this last week if we can be that forgiving to each other or that gracious with each other who are we to think that god wouldn't be that gracious with us if he actually exists okay <laughs> I guess Manly didn't have anything to add to that. Um, okay. <laughs> to be honest, I was looking for the question in the comments and I couldn't even find it in there. 
Oh, that one came from my uh, my little documents note of questions that I wrote down beforehand. Oh, my bad. Can you? What was the last portion of the question? Basically, uh, it was if someone leaves the church, yeah, for, an, for a legitimate reason. Is there even if it's in their own to... mind? Like most of the time, people leave, and people who still stay in the church don't think it's a legitimate reason. But everybody who leaves <laughs> obviously thinks it's a legitimate reason. You know? Yeah. So... I mean, I've, yeah, I. Honestly, the most of the time when I talk to people that have left the church, like there's a real reason, like they freaking like my leader lied to me or my leader was a pedophile or my leader was like, I told them I was suffering and they told me that I was uh, going to burn in hell. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I probably would have left church too. Like, that's pretty lame. Um, I, yeah, I think in general, I'm like a fan of thinking like, okay, the church in general probably isn't a horrible place like you just had a really bad experience with someone there i mean if i mean in my opinion i might be wrong here but like um i've had bad experiences at church but i've also been in church for i've been in church for like 26 years and i've had like a few annoying experiences and it sucked but um most of my friends are at church and i talked to them about it and most of them handled it now i might have and most of them handled it well and were like, yeah, that sucks. But um, that's not for everyone, you know, like, I mean, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, they went to a church and they're like, yo, this sucky thing happened to me. And then the other people are like, yeah, you're wrong for being abused by the leader. That's your fault or something like that. And yeah. I wouldn't blame anyone for never going to a church again after that. I mean, pretty much you would have to be rescued by another Christian that's like, wow, you got screwed over. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Because why else would you go back after being Yeah, like... totally. I mean, at the end of the day, you can be the type of person who has a relationship with your own idea of God and your own sort of study and stuff on your own. But largely, it is like um, interpersonal and collective experience, at least the organized part of religion. Yeah. Um, okay, Carlton says, sorry, you said type a lot in the comments, maybe too much. Um, no, I do. I love hearing, I love it when you guys type into the comments and I will come back and read all of them. Just, I'm impressed. You know. I'm impressed. Like, good Lord. It's like, a, yeah, it's they're a going lot. hard over here. Yeah. Oh my God. I love to see it. Okay. What do you guys think about this? Do you agree that negative experiences is the top of the list for leaving the church? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's, that is almost exclusively what I hear. Very infrequently, I will hear a story of like somebody who like puzzled their way out. They're like, oh, I went on a deep dive on like, yeah. you know, the provability of the scripture or something. And then I just couldn't like principally stay in the church. But that is a rare case. I would say that it's the most common that yeah. people have negative experiences. Yeah, I'm not yeah, trying to shame. Oh, you go ahead, Stephanie. No, go ahead. No. <laughs> are we gonna argue about this yeah. wow who's got more di i know right <laughs> well now i forgot so you win oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm like on the edge of forgetting wait give me like one second okay yeah so i was gonna say that i'm not trying to shame like any like rational atheists or agnostic people that have left the church but i think maybe like nine out of ten people i've talked to that left the church it doesn't start with I went into a deep dive and I rationally determined that God doesn't exist because of these factors and this philosophical argument. Usually it's like, this dude was a douche. And I yeah. think that if this Christianity is true, then people wouldn't be douches that are Christians. And then they kind of like just, they'll like and end up going and searching for like rationalizations for why it doesn't make sense. But yeah. Um, 
usually it's someone was really mean, which I think that's kind of human nature, to be honest. Like, we don't want to be... But also, here's something that I would say, too. Um, like, okay, the whole I have a whole sort of uh, stance or, like, of outlook of Christianity is, like, to the future. You know, it's what we're doing here on the earth for the future, for heaven, for the afterlife, for what happens next, which is never provable in this life that we have come to understand. And so if somebody says, okay, looking in the actuality of my life and what religion brings to me and does for me in my life um, and (laughs) comparing it, if I didn't do that, if there's a negligible difference, how is it, uh, unless you just truly take on the basing everything, like putting all of your eggs in the future, what will probably be, I believe, um, basket, there won't be anything necessarily uh, to keep you if your life objectively has a similar quality inside versus outside the church, you know? And I think this is like a negative circular like spiral that happens where you have to have faith in what the teachings say. Um, and if you don't, then you'll be sort of like, you'll either be expelled or self-expel yourself out. And it's like this circular way of like, it's it, um, almost cult-like, you know, in the sense of like, uh, once you once you get out, uh, you're like, wait, why was I there to begin with? But then at the same time, that's because you didn't believe the thing deeply enough, which is often a similar pattern that you see in cults. That's why I think it's so important for people to go to small groups and not just a church service, because like in church, you don't get to respond. You get told and that's it. And sometimes the pastors aren't always right. So I feel like being part of the community and actually talking with others and arguing it out, like, like, actually thinking for yourself, that's going to be the lasting progress and being vulnerable with others. So I think that's where real like understanding and real understanding of that feeling of relationship, that atmosphere of feeling unconditional love is like, that's what makes Christianity so special. But it's like, that's not felt really in a church service as much as with community that believes the same thing that you can trust. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, Alexandra has a few points here. I'll just read through them. Finding one. This is from a study, I think, that she recommended. Finding one. Despite declines in religiosity over time, religious beliefs and behavior remain an important feature of life for many contemporary societies. Okay, finding... I don't see finding two, so sorry. I mean, it's... finding three. Religious attendance can promote health through multiple pathways. Uh, reducing negative effects of stress, promoting healthier behaviors, and thus a stressful lifestyle, providing social ties, support, for, uh, providing meaningful systems, fostering forgiveness. I guess I should read more clearly for people who are just listening back <laughs> and not watching. Finding four, religious involvement can have both positive and negative effects on health. Okay, uh, yeah, these are some interesting points. I want to look at this one religious attendance can promote health through multiple pathways. 
I do think that this is true, and I think that secular people even recognize this oftentimes, because um, despite the fact that we all are very sensitive, having been inside the church for many years, we're all very sensitive to the negative things that can happen. I also have found in talking with more people who are non-religious, very secular, grew up secular, and haven't been exposed to the same cultural atmosphere, that they do notice something different in the sort of um, peace and harmony that you can reach within this culture, uh, especially when it comes to like prayer, um, like group worship, things like even like singing songs together. Uh, I've noticed that many people come into this not having experienced it for them for their whole lives and they say okay there's something different about this there's something renewing about this there's something that i find um uh beautiful or like attractive about this even if they can't get on board with all the you know baggage that comes with modern (laughs) religiosity and i do see it attempted to be recreated in other secular ways you know you have like meditation. Well, that's also Eastern religion. So maybe, maybe not exactly analogous, but things like a lot of times people will do drugs to try to replicate this kind of effect. Um, people will do like different ceremonies and rituals, retreats, things like that, um, to try to recreate this sort of um, health benefit or mental or psychological benefit. That's kind of hard to explain, but you kind of know it when you feel it. Have you guys, do you guys recognize that concept yeah I've read research on this as well where and I and I think yeah like you're saying because part of this is like this didn't start or end with Christianity like this is a spiritual practices are objectively healthy for people so being meditative being thoughtful and just like taking time out of your life to be present is just objectively good for people so the fact that it's integrated into religion is healthy but it also isn't necessarily like an argument for the truth of the whole religion necessarily. Okay. Yeah. I can see that those two, you would be able to somehow separate those two. What do you think, Manly? Yeah. I think overall religion has a positive effect on someone's health. Um, Overall, I think there can be negative effects as well. Um, There are certain, I've noticed there are certain people that really embrace, uh, the, uh, what's the easiest way to say it? Let's say, let's just say there are some Christians that even though hell exists and they, they're aware that in theory, a lot of this, uh, this Christian philosophy says that a very large portion of the planet is going to burn in hell for all of eternity or get annihilated. They don't really think about that. So somehow they avoid that issue. In theory, if someone really embraces that and like takes it seriously, like that's going to f with your mind. Yeah. So, um, especially for your loved ones, like I've, if you meet someone that really takes it seriously and is like, "Yo, my child is like not a Christian. They're going to burn in hell for all of eternity." Like, think about that. Like, that's going to yeah. mess with you. Um, most people, uh, this is kind of sad, but I think most people don't really in- even entertain the le- like the legitimacy of that. Even if they actually believe it to be true, I don't think they contemplate on it very often. So I don't think they experience the pain from that as much as they technically should. I think if they did, they might actually question more of their philosophy because they'd probably yeah. say like, oh, why the heck do I believe this? <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. I remember, you know, in high school back when I was, because certainly I'm not now prone to argue. 
no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> back, in, back in high school, I used to have discussions with people about that very thing of like, okay, so let's say your kid got into something that is really quote unquote sinful and you knew that they were like heading down the wrong path and you knew that they were like for all intents and purposes lost. Would you like stop caring or stop loving them? And they were like, of course not. But yet we say and we believe or we say we believe that God is just going to like burn hellfire on everybody. And yet you, you love your kid that much. And, and I think it is true. I think it's the, the dissonance of, no, you cannot actually look at that in a serious, deep way and go through all of the implications of that without becoming extremely soured or resentful to the concept of a God who would do that to humanity, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially on top of the fact that not to roll over you here but especially on top of the fact that we didn't ask for this we didn't ask to be here we didn't ask for the limited information we didn't ask for the situation we didn't ask for our fallen nature and yet if we don't do it exactly right you know like burn in hell that's brutal yeah yeah i think most people that think hard i think pretty fast they're like yo something's eh, something's a little bit iffy yeah Yeah. something's something's a little iffy like God of all things, omnipotent, omnipresent, all good, all loving. Like, if I got all those things, I'm not going to do some of these things. Probably. You know, people start questioning that. Um, And if someone, you know, I don't know. I was about to go on a really long rant about a lot of things, but I don't know if I want to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take up the whole dang video. Come back in week four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do yeah, his yeah. Rant. yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it then. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. But yeah, I think so. I'll say that I think that in general, the benefits of religion are there. I think in general, like it's kind of superficial, but like you're probably going to have friends because you go to church, you'll probably have friends. Um, in general, they probably want to be good people, which is probably a good thing. In general, you're probably going to be around people that aren't doing drugs, um, getting drunk, partying, doing things that could be harmful to your life in general. So I'm making generalities that in general will make your life better um, compared to maybe a more secular world. That's not necessarily the case, obviously. But if you think about the general patterns of one or the other, in general, you might live a healthier life if you go to church. If you're, if you're a per- Especially if you're a person that's prone to do crazy crap. Um, <laughs> in general you might benefit from being around some prudish yeah. people that don't <laughs> really prudish think. people yeah. make use of the prudes for yes one. exactly <laughs> um and like having community like I've, like honestly i mean i've even had friends that like they're atheists and but they don't have any friends and i'm like yo i'm not trying to like convert you or anything but like yeah. but i have tons of good friends at church and this is where i hang out with pretty much all of my friends so if you yeah. want to come chill or even just come to life group like we don't talk about religion that much come chill at life group we're just a bunch of friends hanging out, having a good time, eating food. Yeah, know, I, so. I, I agree. That is a good benefit is the community aspect. Although, um, at least in my denomination, <laughs> there's a little bit of struggle there. In the community oh, really? Aspect. Sometimes, not always. There's, there are some really good communities, but they can be hard to find. But especially nowadays <clears throat> in our sort of like fractioned and, and um, like uh, atomized society, People in general are struggling more yeah. to connect and to find groups of people that they can sort of live life with in a, yes. in a meaningful way. And so I think that's a benefit. Definitely. I'll say that if your church, like if you're part of a church or religion that doesn't have good community systems, you might as well be an atheist pretty much. 
I'm just kidding, but kind of. Yeah. That was, there was something else that I wanted to just throw out there. Maybe we can talk about this more in depth in another week. Um, if there's enough to talk about here, I think there is, but we'll see what you guys have to say. But I do see in the culture, <clears throat> especially not to get into politics, but especially kind of in the secular right of the political spectrum, I see coming around from like a frustration with the sort of relativistic, individualistic, like hyper um, deconstructionism, postmodern mindset where anything and everything goes in your truth is your truth and every nobody has any value systems. It's just based on what I think and what I feel. People are becoming so frustrated with the results of that in society, which is nobody can get on the same page. Everybody hates each other. You know, like uh, everybody's lives are like moreless and without meaning. Swinging all the way back around to like orthodoxy and like really fundamentalist Christianity. I see that a lot. I see that starting to happen. It has been, I've noticed that in the last maybe <clears throat> five years or so, people coming from the pure like, like uh, atheist, secular libertarianism, like anarchist, stateless, godless people swinging all the way back around to like orthodoxy and Catholicism. Have you guys noticed that at all? I haven't noticed. I don't think, I don't know anyone who's done that, but I don't, I do believe that you've experienced that. So, and I could definitely see why that would happen. Yeah, I'm interested to see on the larger arc of society where it goes, because we came from like more of like a Puritan uh, U.S. founding all the way through, like down through uh, the deconstruction in the postmodern era to what we have now, which is largely secular society. And I wanna, I'm curious to see if over time it'll like swing way back around. Um, there yeah, was a question. No, go ahead and keep talking. There's a bunch of comments, you guys. Uh, I'm going to try to get through them the best I can. Jacob says, does do does religious connections to culture and geographic location make you doubt the religion's ability to be absolute truth? Okay, this is a good question, especially for like the religion that I came from, which is Seventh-day Adventism. Um, this is an accusation that gets thrown around <laughs> at Adventists a lot of like, okay, it originated in North America. Um, the founders of the church were all North American. It spread from uh, it spread from the U.S. into other countries, but also a lot of our theology, especially including in like the um, uh, prophetic books like Revelation and stuff, even integrate like some geographical things like. Uh, the government and the beast being involved in the um, end times. So that is an accusation that I've heard against Adventists, especially. It's probably been accused against like Mormons and other people's like people like that too, where it's like, okay, <clears throat> does this preclude you from having some like universal, universal or absolute true thing if it's like so tied to a time, a place? A specific, you know, people and location. What do you guys think about that? I do have some thoughts, but I'll let you go if you have anything. I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that the religion doesn't have any truth in it. Like, I think, I guess one hard thing is like, you're supposed to believe in Jesus specifically as the son of God to go to heaven. So that is what qualifies you as Christian. And I guess the way I see it is that 
Christianity has a lot of truth in it, but it's not the biggest one. And I guess where it's part of a bigger, an even bigger picture. So I feel like other like religions and cultures can access that truth as well. And like if God made all of us and everything in it, we would somehow have some sort of information that could help lead us towards that truth. Okay. Yeah. So he also says this comment is more an argument against religion, not God per se. Okay. I see that. Um, yeah, I do think that, okay, to the extent that now here's one problem that humanity faces, and especially for someone like me who is very interested in ideas and information and understanding everything possible that is, is to understand. There is like um, an opaqueness to our ability to understand what is actually true in the universe. Um, if we, we could have another like rabbit hole conversation about why I think that is, but I think it's undeniable that we can all notice that there is a huge void in <clears throat> what we know about how we got here, why we're here, and where we're going on a large like globe level. So to your point about um, whether religion in a specific time, place, location, etc., culture, uh, can hold absolute truth. The way I look at it as like, yes, there's information outside of our ability to understand and to know and to discover and to prove that is Im has implications on <clears throat> humanity and the earth as we know it and the universe as we know it and the reality as we know it that we can't know. However, that does not remove the fact that we are people in linear time, in linear space or in space and geography with a story that goes along the way otherwise we wouldn't have like the bible history you know we wouldn't have this sort of evolution of ideas over time so to my mind <clears throat> if god exists and if he did place us within linear time and on a physical planet it would make sense that there would be a story that correlates over time with cultures geographies locations places times mm -hmm. Can you prove any of those who specifically they say they have an absolute truth based on that? It's a little bit hard to prove, but I can see <clears throat> I can see a possibility where, yes, things that happen specifically in times and cultures and places have meaning and have um, a place in the sort of story of humanity. If that makes sense, maybe it doesn't make sense, <clears throat> but that's kind of the way I look at it. I think that makes great sense. And I'll say, Jacob, I think what your point is more of an argument of how dumb humans are than like how, <laughs> like what's true or not true. Like, I think to be honest, like, I think if you raise people, like if you like raise people in a tribe eating each other, like, I think they're going to stay eating each other until they're dead until there's like one person that's like, yo, maybe we should stop eating each other. And then they might stop. But yeah. I think that's kind of the nature of humans, which is kind of like, it's kind of sad, but I think in general, humans are a lot like some, like there's a bell curve of like human intelligence and free thought. So like, I think this is kind of mean to say, but I think the majority of humans are like, they are believing what they have always believed or they're believing what the people who are closest them, to them believe, because that's technically like humans will survive and fit in with the people around them, I think is way stronger than someone's ability. Need to know all. Yeah. Yeah. Need to be an individual that knows absolute truth. Um, I don't think everyone's that way, but um, you can, if you really talk to someone about their belief system, you can tell where the cognitive dissonance sets in and where it's like, 
okay, you haven't thought about this as deep as you think. You're mostly believing this because everyone you know believes this. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, I do think that, hold on, I have to cough. Sorry about that. Okay, I do think that um, there is, I, don't, I do think that it cannot be overstated how limited our human capacity is. We've discovered and thought through many, many things over the course of human history. But, you know, it's like saying if God, if God does exist, if we're taking that assumption at least, the disparity in what he knows versus what we know is like, you know, it's not like between a college kid and an adult. It's more like between a dog and a professor or something like that something like that. And so basically, you know, if I think about, here's a good analogy of like when I was a kid, which I'm old enough to remember before, like everybody was on screens and devices at all times connected to the internet all day. I remember being like four or five and my dad having like a camcorder and being like, hey, say hi to grandma. And me thinking as a little kid, like, what do you mean say hi to grandma? Is she inside the camera? That doesn't make sense. Where is grandma? Why And why am I saying hi to her? Because I didn't understand the concept of like recording it onto film and showing it to her later when she could watch it. <clears throat> and so it's that kind of thing like where as a limited understanding humans, we, we say this doesn't make sense from my point of view. From what I understand, this doesn't make sense. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, from my five-year-old, you know, cognitive ability didn't make sense to say hi to grandma in the camera it's dumb but actually there is a bigger explanation once you're able to like comprehend it okay cool um i think maybe we can just do a couple more here before we wrap up in a few minutes um <clears throat> do you guys think that uh, young people should find their core value system or beliefs. Um, how do you think we should, if if you're of the opinion that there's a limited um, value to be gained from the current structured religious, like the given wisdom from Christianity, let's say, because we're all of Christian background, <clears throat> how do you think people should find their value system today? I guess for me, it's like figure out what makes you feel healthy. It's like, because whatever healthy is going to be closer to the truth. Because like if you watered a flower with like soda and it doesn't bloom, it's like, okay, that wasn't very factual. Like that wasn't reliable and I wouldn't try it again. Whereas like if you do water, then it's like, oh, that worked and maybe it'll work on other things. So kind of starting from the scratch of like what, what made me feel like that was sustainable? And then you can like build up on what's sustainable until it becomes more defined and strong. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> I, I think that mine would be very similar in the sense that <clears throat> I think that we tend, uh, religious people, uh, the we is on, that I'm talking about, uh, tend to overcomplicate and overintellectualize what life is supposed to be. And I think while it is true that there are some things that seem to be obviously the right thing that are not, largely speaking, humanity does have kind of an internal moral compass, whether you like to admit it or not, that there's some kind of moral order to the universe. Um, 
generally speaking, you can know if what you're doing is creating a good outcome or a bad outcome. And you can follow that as much as you can, even if you're not able now or ever to embrace an actual like structured belief system that is tied to a religion. Um, I am a fan of, uh, I don't like saying the word religion, but since that's what we're calling it, like I'm a fan of religion, I guess, but, um, wait, but what would you call it if you were using the, making the vernacular? Gosh. I mean, I think that technically is the only thing to call it. Like I might even call it like spirit. I'm a fan of spirituality or, okay, sure. um, but technically it is organized religion. Yeah, mean, yeah. That's what it is. So, um, there's just, there's almost become a, like a, like a negative stigma with it, the word religion. So yeah, I almost don't true. even want to say it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I am a fan of it. I think it can be beneficial in general. Um, because of my understanding of humans. But if someone was like, Manly, what do you think is the best way to really like determine what is absolute truth and figure out what your values are? I think it would be a, a multifaceted approach. One of the most important ones being like what's healthy for you and what's healthy for the people around you. Um, um, if it's not those things, you might have a problem. Like it probably doesn't align well with what is absolute truth. If God is real and God created everything, then probably natural law and science will evidence what is good. Um, I think that's a lot of confusion comes from that. Like you have science people and Christians like in opposition and that doesn't even, for me, that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't think yeah. that makes sense. Um, I think that if you, if you can, and in general, I think science can make mistakes too, but if you look at studies and look at history and look at the general behavioral patterns that allow a developed society to get to where we have them today. I mean, from all we can tell in existence and the universe, like we got something pretty special. Like we're a very large group of intelligent species that are all working together towards a common purpose. Are there like a minority that do dumb, extra dumb stuff and like <laughs> kill people and end up in jail cells um, alone? Yes. But in general, we have a pretty impressive society. And if you look at the patterns of like what it takes, like, Hey, don't steal, don't kill don't lie, don't cheat, like don't do like a combination of like 10 different things. If you avoid these, like, Hey, you're probably gonna have a pretty good society. And then there's like some deeper subcategorical aspects of like being extra loving, extra gracious to people, be generous. And if you get more of those, like, Oh, society's starting to look more and more like a utopia that we all think is impossible, but maybe it actually is. If we actually live these things out more effectively. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think I talked about this in the last video, but it was kind of, for me, it was kind of a full multifaceted approach. Like I want to synchronize my rational, like logic or rationale. And then I want to synchronize like behavioral aspects. And then I want to synchronize like my visceral emotions, like inside of me, like, wow, this feels wrong or this feels right. Cause that is real and that exists and people have that. Yeah. And then also like your belief system of like, if you project out like, oh, if I extrapolate this philosophy, uh, upon the world, like, does this create a better world ultimately? Like, or is it actually more exclusive and causes stress and anxiety and harm to myself and others on like a wider scale? You know, um, if you synchronize all those, I think ultimately you can end up at a pretty solid perspective of like some really simple values that ultimately come down to like, be a good person, don't harm others, like, obviously try to help others, like protect others, protect yourself, 
there's like, I'm sure there's a combination of simple variables that um, can work really well. Um, I mean, Jesus freaking straight up said, like, love others more than you love yourself, stuff like that. Like, if you just literally do that, even though it's really simple, like, live it out, like, the world would probably be a really good place. Obviously, it's harder for people to do that than we would like to admit. Yeah, I love that. That's a great summary. I think uh, I think we all have similar sort of at least facing um, ideas here, even if they're not exactly one for one, which is good. I want people of different perspectives and different opinions. Um, I really appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, thanks to everybody in the comments. I <laughs> It's a lot of comments. I, I love it. I keep coming with the comments next week. I'll make sure that I read through all of these. Um, I think some people dropped some good recommendations for like studies or videos or things to watch. So I'll check it out and um, bring your questions if you have them for next time. And if you are watching this or listening to this after the fact, uh, feel free to hop on with us live. And so you can interact or just uh, send me, DM me wherever you can, um, your thoughts as we go along. Okay. Thank you, everybody. We will see you again in a week's time. And um, I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week, but I'm sure we'll come up with something good. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.